Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Just a feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You are just one of the I'm Ron. This is Braden. Welcome to Commanders Uncensored. Welcome back, everybody. Braden, how was your Christmas? It was good. Good Christmas. Um yeah, enjoy my time off. Ate some good ham. Okay. Yep. How was your Christmas? Good. Before we get started, I hope everyone listening had a good Christmas. I also want to say that, you know, we sometimes joke, maybe, or don't joke. I don't know. Worldwide leader, I say, right? Worldwide leader of Commander Podcasting. Well, Braden. As you know, the United States, Canada, France, United Kingdom, Germany, Spain, Norway, Australia, Mexico, India, Argentina, Greece, Ireland, Portugal, Fiji, Belgium, the Czech Republic, and we have some more, Braden. We have some more. I want to say thank you. I can't remember uh, if Japan was on here the last time we did it, but we have the Netherlands. We have China now joining the group, Braden. Mm, it seems like the whole world at this point. It's like 20. We got a lot. Worldwide leader. So without them, without you, there's no us. Exactly. So before I even get started, I just want to say thank you. You could be listening to anybody, and you're choosing to listen to this little, little show here that Braden and I put on for you. I try to be the voice for you, and this idiot next to me, sometimes he uh, disagrees. Yeah, most of the time, you you said we were making the playoffs this year. (laughs) Hey, shut your mouth. Sorry. All right. (laughs) Like I said worldwide leader and why are we the worldwide leader why do people keep listening Braden? why is this audience why is this commanders uncensored podcast why is it growing there's only one answer that i can come up with because people like real people want you to keep it real they don't always want somebody to go on there and tell you how great ron rivera is They don't always want somebody to come out there and tell you how great the quarterback situation is. They want real. I I don't got Ron's. I don't got Eric's number. I don't got nobody's number. I ain't friends with him. I'm just giving my opinion. I'm not on the payroll. You're exactly right. You listen to some of the local media, some of the guys who maybe are employed or not employed directly, but you know how that goes. I don't get a paycheck from anybody. I just... Keep it real. So that's what I'm going to do. That's what we've done. That's what we're always going to do here. We're always going to keep it 100. And I'm always going to try my best to represent you. With that being said, Braden, let's get into this episode. Let's get into it. Your Washington Commanders almost won the game. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they lost on purpose. You know, it's we we almost came back and they were like, "Shoot, man, we need that draft pick." Washington loses this game twenty-eight to thirty, and I don't know if I should be giving that like an applause. I don't know if I should be giving that a boo. They lost the game, and I'm a fan, and I want them to win the game. But at the same time, I'm at the end of this game, and I'm going, what in the hell is going on here? you got to be kidding me. We're going to win this freaking game. And the only thing I could think of, Braden, and how ironic it would have been 
the Jets played the Jaguars. I believe the Jets had not won a game the whole season um, that Trevor Lawrence draft. The Jets had the number one draft pick locked. It was the last week. The only thing they had to do was lose the game. They go out there and they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars and they lose out on the Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Draft pick. And then they they get Zach Wilson that ends up being a bust. So it's it's probably the toughest thing because you want your team to win. But when you look at it and you think, man, like, could it affect our future? I don't know. Whatever. I'm not going to applaud it, and I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say, we're going to keep it 100. They lost the game, 28 to 30. You feel how you want to feel about it. If you're mad that they lost, you're mad. If you're happy that they lost, you're happy. I think it was a no-win. I mean, I think it's a no-lose situation there. Like, Because if we lose, some people are going to be happy. And, and if we mm-hmm. won, some people would be happy, right? Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad we lost for the draft pick, but I can't stand losing like and just looking horrible. Look, I, I want to look competitive, but like at the end of the game, we came back, we take the lead, and I don't mind letting them go down the field and take a field goal on us. You know, I'm that's fine with me. But being down twenty eight to zero or twenty eight three, that's re- I don't think we should have to make a comeback for that. Well, at halftime, yes, it was twenty seven to seven at halftime. Yeah, twenty seven seven. I I sent a tweet out or an X or whatever you want to call it, right? I, I don't know what it's called these days. Um, and it was of the old Redskins fans that you know at the one point when we were horrible and we had the bag over our head. And, you know, and it saved my skins or saved my team. And that's the, when your team is horrible, it doesn't matter what fan base you are, right? You throw the bag over the head. That's the ultimate sign to the ownership group, to everybody that we're the fans and this is what we think. We don't even want our face being associated with this team. So it, it it's a total, I guess, sign. So it's an outward sign. So the ownership group can see this save us right like this was the worst Braden I have seen and I've seen a lot of bad teams we almost got our MVP killed Tressway oh my second week in a row what's going he's a freaking punter what's going mm-hmm. on here yeah yeah exactly coming off that like how I just said about being competitive and losing we like the thing about us versus the Jets our record's about the same but our punter isn't getting hit that's last week our punter's getting hit our special teams doesn't even care that's <laughs> And that's why you fire a head coach that does not belong here anymore because the wheels have completely fell off. We were driving down the road with one wheel off, maybe. You know what I mean? The sparks were flying. All four wheels are off the some bitch. We're dragging sparks. The thing caught on fire. It blew up, Brady. The whole thing is destroyed. You got your punter out here getting destroyed. You got, like, I, I don't know what we were watching. It was... It was the worst game I have seen in a long time. It was so bad that I saw on social media, most people were saying that they were just um, done with it. They were turning it off. (laughs) It was horrible. I have never left in the middle of a game. It was halftime, and I had to run out to go get something real quick. I actually just turned the game off, left, came back 30 minutes later, turned it back on, and was like, what just happened? Wait a minute. We're winning the game? Yeah, I never saw a team lose 17-0 and then a guy run with the football and knock it touched and throw it up in the midair and have the other team come. Like, what was Jameson Crowder doing on that punt return? That's uh, what set me <laughs> off. I'm like, it's the second play of the game and Sam Halter's an interception. We're already off to a bad start. 17-0 to Trevor Simeon. And then Jameson Crowder just throws the ball in the air. It's, it's like, man, you're trying to... The tank is so real. Well, keep it at 100. I sat on here, Braden, our last podcast, when we gave our prediction, and I said Sam Howe's going to have a horrible game. Yep. And why did I say that? Because you can't take a young quarterback and you broke his confidence. I I actually said, what, Ron Rivera was the bus driver because he just runs people over. And now Sam Howe is his guy. He's running over. And now I say he's actually now 
The Undertaker. He just killed this kid. It's done. I feel bad for him because his confidence is broken. He's obviously seeing ghosts. And you know what? You got to blame Eric Bieniemy too. As a play caller, what in the hell are you doing getting this guy killed? You're not setting mm-hmm. any max protection up for him. You're not running plays. You're not calling quick passes. You're allowing him to get hit over and over and over. And you can see it in his play. Yep. He is scared. Yeah, even the announcers said about Eric Bieniemy is like they're like, why is this such a long development play? You have three players going out and none of them are breaking on their routes and how's already getting hit. Absolutely. And that I was going to bring that up. So first, you got Tony Romo, right? Thanksgiving. He was questioning multiple times. He was questioning Eric Bieniemy's play calling. And I said, he's basically calling Eric Bieniemy stupid because he's not agreeing with any of these calls. He's telling you why he doesn't agree with them because on the one instance that he gave you, if you're doing a run out of the shotgun, if the court and if the quarterbacks lined up with the wide with the running back, I'm sorry, to the like whatever left of him or right of him, whatever side that he's on, that's really the only way he can go either forward or outside of that way. You're taking away half of the field as as a runner. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and I don't understand the Eagles games. Right? We look good. Obviously, the play calling was to get rid of the ball fast. And then he abandons that. I don't understand. As a play caller, when you see something is working and then you decide not to do that, that's, in my opinion, stupid. Mm-hmm. And then he brings uh, Jake Tibby Brissett in the game and changes it up and Brissett's looking good. Right. So these announcers, you're like they, they were saying they didn't understand the long developing pass plays. You got a quarterback getting sacked, and yet your offensive coordinator is calling plays that are long developing. And then why he's not running it, because play action is is such a great weapon or such a great, um, I'm trying to think of the word here, I guess a great way to freeze or slow down the defense, because when you do play action, you know what I mean? That defense doesn't know if it's a run or a pass right away. And we just don't really do it. Like, So this is multiple times where the announcers are, one, questioning our play calling. This is multiple times now a player from the opposing team has come out. C.J. Mosley, linebacker for the Jets, Braden. He didn't get it. He said we came into this game and we just knew they were going to pass it. So we just came into it defending the pass. They made the quarterback switch, and this is coming from the linebacker of the opposing team. They made the quarterback switch. They started to run the ball more. We had to respect the run, and then, you know what I mean, that's when Washington got on a little bit of a heater, if you will, on offense. So if the opposing the opposing player, I could have came on here and said this, but you know, some you know some people would disagree. But the player that you're going against multiple times now, this is multiple teams have said, and you look at the stats, it shows what the first four weeks of the season, Sam Howell had X amount of yards and X amount of interceptions, mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And then everybody goes in the last four games. His numbers have gone down. Is he regressing? Well, no. The defense didn't know what you were doing at the beginning of the season, and now they know you're just going to pass it. The defense will play you accordingly. If the only thing you do is pass, then they are just going to call a defense to stop passes. If the only thing you do is run, they are going to call defense to stop the run. But if you do both, now they don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. Just that's why RG three failed. They stopped the read option after eight weeks. Right. I don't know. I and that's I don't understand. I guess my question would be: I don't know what's going on with Eric Bieniemy. I don't know what's going on with Ron Rivera. I don't know if there's tension, if they're friends, if I there there's something weird going on 
behind the scenes or something, right? And 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 I'm going to give you an example here, Braden. Um, well, one, I was going to ask, I, I guess, but you you don't know the answer either. Like, why why did Eric Bieniemy all of a sudden start calling the play different once Jacoby came in versus when Sam was in? Oh yeah, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I mean, obviously that that was the way to do it. Like, you mix runs, passes, yeah, exactly. and, yeah, but... and all of a sudden we look good. Like, but. He, he doesn't want to call that with mm-hmm. Sam. So is is Ron the one? That's what I'm getting at. Is Ron Rivera telling Eric Bieniemy what to call? Like, maybe not the play to call, but what to call? Like, I want to see this guy pass. I don't care about winning or losing. I just want to see if he can pass. So he just wants him to pass at 90%. Or is it Eric Bieniemy? No, it's Bieniemy. Because we had Scott Turner up in the booth last year and. I mean, why would Ryan Rivera's on the hot seat this year? Why I don't think he would be saying stuff like that. I think, I think he brought in the top candidate at offensive coordinator we all thought at the time, and now I think people are starting to realize he's not as good as we as we thought he was. And <laughs> Rivera, the enemy, Del Rio's not here anymore, but everyone's going out now. Eric Bieniemy also made the comment that. He was asked the first time that they sat Sam Howe. He said in so many words that he did not want to sit Sam Howe. He said Ron Rivera came to him and he wanted to give Sam a break because Sam looked like he was struggling. And Eric Bieniemy's quote was something along the lines of, Ron Rivera is the head coach. He has 51% of the say. So whatever he says goes. Why would a offensive coordinator, why would he put, like, even if that was Ron Rivera's decision, why do you say that? It's almost like he wants us to know this isn't coming from me. This is coming from him. Either way, I... Either way, Eric Bannemi looks just as bad calling plays with Sam Howell in there. They both look horrible. <laughs> you know, it's like one bash in the other. Well, you're both are terrible. You know, that's the main, that's the problem. No one's good here. And that's my main thing is I find it odd when you have an offensive coordinator and Eric Bannemi who's supposed to be friends with Ron Rivera, but Ron Rivera apparently leaked out that the players were mad at Eric Bieniemy and the way Eric Bieniemy coached. And now Eric Bieniemy is telling us, I didn't even want to pull Sam. That was Ron's decision. This is all stuff that should be handled internally, right? This is all stuff that you don't talk about. You don't see this with a Bill Belichick. You don't see this with the good organizations. They don't throw each other under the bus in front of everybody. They don't make excuses. They just have accountability. If, I don't know. There's a lot of finger pointing going on here. A lot of bad coaches, a lot of bad players. Whatever. I, I, I'm wondering if there's if there's something, like I said, behind the scenes, maybe, maybe Ron's overstepping. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he's trying to tell Eric what to do, and Eric doesn't have free reign. I, I I don't know. Or maybe Ron thinks Eric Bieniemy is a dumb coach, and he's getting his quarterback killed. Either way, it's not good. You can. I mean, I never know what Ron Rivera's thinking. Every time the freaking camera's on him, he looks like a retard out there, just standing there, arms crossed, no emotion on his face, brick face. Like every week, we're we're losing four. We have three, four wins on the year. Almost every year he's with us, and he has the same face. That just gets on my nerves. I just can't believe they took and put Sam Howe back out there just to pull him again. That's my point. Like, what did you think was going to happen? What did you think was going to happen the first time you pulled him? Well, you got to let him. I mean, it's part of how how is he going to handle it. He's the starting quarterback. You got to have him start the game. He looked horrible. Pull him. We're not here to babysit him. What most people are angry about, if this whole season was about developing Sam, 
Well, this isn't how you develop a young quarterback. You don't you don't pull them when they're struggling like that. You try to coach them through it. And then you put him back out there, and as soon as he struggles, you pull him again. He's he's toast now. He's done. Because as soon as now he's going to overthink everything. He got in his own head. Ron, the our coach, our own head coach, got into a young quarterback's head. He didn't show him confidence when he needed to be shown confidence. Instead, he pulled him. And now he's pulled him the second time. And now, apparently, he doesn't know what he's going to do this week against the 49ers. Yeah, but this was this season wasn't about Hal's development. It was about Ron Rivera making the playoffs because if not, he's gone. And it's, that's on Ron Rivera for choosing Sam Howe and him not, Sam Howe not being the guy. Rivera had four years. He could have, he chose Carson Wentz last year. That's on, that's all on Ron Rivera. It's nothing, I don't think it has nothing to do with Howe's development. It's, it's Rivera's last year and he chose Sam Howe. And that's a, like, I'm watching the Ravens game last night, Braden, and I'm watching Lamar Jackson. And the only thing I could keep thinking was Lamar Jackson did not want to be in Baltimore this year. He was very vocal about that. We sat on this podcast and we sat there and said, Ron Rivera, Washington, the Washington commanders need to make an offer. And yet he chose, he didn't go with an Aaron Rodgers who was available at the time. He didn't go with a Lamar Jackson who was available at the time. You had one chance, and you went with a rookie quarterback. And now you're pulling him. When the season's over, and now you are you have two games left, and now you're telling everyone you don't know what you're going to do this week. How don't you know? I don't think anybody's like, oh, man. Like, I, don't, no, I feel like none of the fans even want to win at this point. Two games. Maybe the Dallas game. The 49ers, I mean, but we always want to be Dallas. But, I mean, a quarterback competition this late in the season, just choose a guy. Just ch- put just put Jacoby Brissett in the game and let him finish the season. That's my point. Like, choose somebody. Mm-hmm. Just, you know what you're going to do at this point. Like, yeah. how can you not know what you're going to do? Yeah, put Brissett in. Let him, he's, he looks better than Sam Howe. Unless you really want to just get a full tank, leave Howe out there. I I thought, once again, I thought Ron Rivera said this whole thing was about developing Sam Howe. Well, pulling him twice isn't really good for development. But and and if he doesn't get back out there the rest of this season, I don't know how great that is for his development. And he doesn't know what he's going to do. So I guess we'll find out tomorrow what he's going to do. We're four and eleven, Braden. Four and eleven. Two games left. We moved up. We have right now. If it ended today, and the NFL draft was happening, we would have the third pick in the NFL draft. What? What should Washington do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what's? If, yeah. If we have, if we have the third pick, so we have the Bears at one, and the Cardinals at two. I, I mean, I say we stay at three and take the best quarterback available. That's what I'm doing. I don't think, I think after watching Jacoby Brissett come in, it's hard to say what the play calling changes, but it's obvious by watching it that Jacoby gets rid of the ball quicker than Sam Howe, and Howe's been holding the ball way too long all year, making turnovers. So I think we need to move on and get a quarterback at number three. I don't, I don't, and I don't think there's no stud quarterback this year. There's no Trevor Lawrence. No Joe Burrow. There's no one that stands out of the pack this year to trade up at one to draft somebody like a, you know, Caleb Williams, Drake May. I say we just stay where we're at and whatever comes to us. We're third right now, and there is a possibility we can still move up, right? If the Cardinals win a game, I think we might mm-hmm. go in the second. Yeah, I think that is true. Even if they don't win. You have the Bears and you have the Cardinals, which I'm assuming they are going to move on from their quarterback. But 
that's a little tricky too because the cards just signed kyler murray didn't they to a long-term contract or no i'm not quite sure either way the bears just took fields Mm -hmm. and kyler murray's still a young quarterback you have two teams ahead of us that could decide to stay with their young quarterback and they could take best player available they could go with marvin harrison jr right yep we still might have the number one or two quarterback coming off the board possibly and i this is going to be the question this is always the question this is the talk around town right do you take quarterback do you build your team do you take an offensive lineman first and then you try to build this team up and then I guess next year or the year after or whenever I I don't know Mm -hmm. you take your quarterback well the unfortunate thing is Washington's so bad is there's like really no wrong pick here we take Marvin Harrison I'm happy with that we got the best player in the draft we take a tackle I'm happy with that our lines are completely horrible we take a quarterback. We don't have a quarterback. We need one. Like, there's so many holes in this team where I don't think it really matters what we take. We just can't have a bust. We just can't take a pick that turns out to be horrible. Like Forbes. Like uh, Jahan. Or, I mean, Dotson didn't really live up to the hype, I guess. But he's not horrible. But we, can't, we, need, a, we need a difference maker this year. Well, good news is Ron Rivera is not going to be making our draft pick. So that's good. I'm going to make this very simple for everybody. I'm going to tell you why you draft a quarterback. Because of, I can give you a bunch of reasons, but the number one reason why you take a quarterback when you're picking in the top five, because you're hoping you are never picking in the top five again. Absolutely. That's that's it. That's your answer. Because if you build a team that's good, and it doesn't have its quarterback, then what are you picking in 15, 20? So now what are you taking? Fourth or fifth quarterback available? That's why you take your quarterback, because hopefully you're not ever picking in the top five again. The good franchises very rarely get up there. Yeah, Mahomes, I mean, the Chiefs, Mahomes, they have no weapons. They're not going to be drafted in the top five, but they got Mahomes. Brady, when he was on New England, he never had the best weapons, and they never drafted top five with Brady on the team. If you don't have your quarterback, you just keep trying until you get them. Your quarterback can make up for a lot. Now, I have sat on here, and I agree. Do you have to build a strong foundation. Yes. Does it take a whole team to win? Yes. There's not one quarterback out there that has ever won by himself. And you just talked about Patrick Mahomes. They're having a down year. Why is that? Some people want to try to say Eric Bendemi. That's not the answer. Yeah, that's a funny one. Very, very simply put, if you ever watch a Kansas City game, you will see the answer. They don't have any weapons anymore. Where's Tyreek Hill? That's where's Juju. That's it. Tyreek Hill is the number one reason mm-hmm. right there. And then they at least last year they made it work with scraps. Right, your mm-hmm. Juju, your 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 wide receivers that didn't quite make it on the teams they were at. They were still considered good wide receivers. They came and they played and they got their championship. But now they're gone. They have an aging tight end and Kelsey, and they have wide receivers like Tony that they just have rocks for hands. They're handing it to the other team. I mean, Mahomes is putting it right in their hands. The design's fine. The receiver's open. The pass is good. They just drop it. So, does it take more than a quarterback? Yes. But if you look at the history of this game, if you look at Super Bowl teams are the teams that are constant, constantly in the Super Bowl um, 
or playing for the Super Bowl, right? Constantly a playoff contender. Those teams, if you're looking for long-term success, is there always that team like your Trent Dilfer, right? Or, or you know, other guys who they have a Super Bowl win, but they weren't the reason why they won. Sure, but that's your one-off, right? Like Dilfer got one. Because you can win, but it, it's hard to have long-term success. Mm-hmm. Brady, Mahomes, guys like that, they have multiple rings. Because when you have that position, then that gives you a chance every year. That's why you draft a quarterback. And then you build around him. Because depending on what kind of quarterback you draft, that's that's what... I'm most looking forward to as well, Braden. The new GM, however Harris is going to set this thing up, they have to come in here and they have to build this thing. They have to get their identity. We talked about it with the Ravens, right? They went from Joe Flacco, who is a one style, to a different style in Lamar, and they changed everything to fit him. Mm. That's how you do it. You don't force a player to change, you build it around him. So whatever it is, whatever that style is that you want to run, you then build that team around that player, around the style that he fits. That's how you win. Absolutely. That That's why I feel like Eric Bianami just talking about that would be just fine back in Kansas City if he was calling plays or another great team. But he doesn't, he didn't, Eric Bianami came here and I feel like he hasn't changed to our talent, like our talent sucks, we don't have that long to protect how, and yet the enemy doesn't change his style to our players. So yeah, I'm looking forward to um, yeah, what kind of quarterback we draft—a scrambler, pocket passer, and hopefully a coach that can adapt with them. Exactly, and for all the people that are still going to say no, 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 you got to get the O line, or you got to get this and get that, like we've talked about this from. 2020, the teams that were right with us, your Joe Burrows, your Tua's, these guys were all on horrible teams. They didn't have great. I mean, look at the Bengals. Joe Burrow got killed his first year there, right? Yep. But when you have a good quarterback, a good quarterback can make your offensive line look better. Look no further than here. Look, like I said, Wentz. We had a bad line. Heineke, all of a sudden, same player's line looked better. You can just go down the freaking thing. I mean, even this year, Sam, Jacoby, all of a sudden, hey, does the line look better when Jacoby's in there? When you have a good quarterback who makes the reads quick and gets the ball out quick, he can cover up for a bad line because the ball's coming out quick. And or if you're Tom Brady back when he played, the ball was just coming out in two seconds. I don't care if you had the greatest defensive line. There's just no way you can get there that quick because the ball's coming out too quick. And I, I guess that's part of the reason why I still get aggravated thinking about why Eric Bieniemy, knowing we don't have this great line, why he's not calling plays to get rid of the ball quicker. You know what I mean? Like I said, the, the announcer saying about the long developing plays, like it just it's frustrating. And I know, and I'm not defending Sam because I can tell you right now, like I, I went to that Ravens preseason game and, and, and I've said it here a hundred times, like we're at a preseason game playing against the Ravens who had third stringers in there and we couldn't score like something just, I knew something wasn't right then. Yeah. And, and I said, I don't know if it's Eric Bieniemy or if it's Sam Howe, but something's not right here or it's both. And it must be because nothing's been, nothing has been fixed at this point. And that's what gets on my nerves the most is when you have a coaching staff who just will refuse to make adjustments. Yep, that's been Ron Rivera his whole career. He just, he, he just wants to bring in his Carolina boys. Scott Turner, GM from Carolina, everybody Carolina. The Ravens at the end of that game last night, I'm watching it, and uh, Harbaugh is giving um, Lamar Jackson the ball, and um, – he, he, he called, I think he called Lamar Jackson, like the MVP, right? And he's talking about 
the league MVP. They're, they're, they're trying to say Lamar Jackson is going to be the league MVP. And what he said, though, before he gave him that ball was, it takes a whole team to make an MVP. No words are truer. This game is not about, Lamar wouldn't be where he's at without the whole team. Yeah, absolutely. That's the mindset. That's the culture I want. When you look at the Ravens, when you look at, you know, as they're going out into the field, I think there's a sign, play like a Raven. They have an identity, and it doesn't change. They are a team first. Mm -hmm. For the past, like, ever since Lamar has been on the team, They've been in the top five yards, basically number one in the league and rushing every year. Their defense is number one. They just control the clock and stop you. They have, you know, that's that's their written identity. So, when we started the show, Braden, I said I always keep it 100. I feel like I say things sometimes before they become a popular thing to say or I say things because I'm not just lazy. I actually do a little bit of researching. Some people might, you know, just regurgitate what everyone else says. So when people say, like, Caleb Williams is the best quarterback or Drake May is the best quarterback, I guess my question would be, well, why do you think that? And most people don't have an answer, right? Mm-hmm. It's just because they heard other people say that. Yep. There's, there's no substance. They just heard somebody else say it. So now they're saying it. And therefore, it must be true. A couple of months ago, I sat on here and I said the GM that Washington should get is Andy Wydell. I haven't heard one person say that six hours ago today, Braden. I'm going through my phone and I'm looking. And guess what name is now linked to Washington? Who's that? Andy Wydell. Oh, is it going to happen? I, I like the guy. We'll see what happens because I linked him here because I did a little research and I saw he came from a great organization, the Steelers. I know Harris was a minority owner with the Steelers. So I started linking pieces together and now that's starting to become a story. We'll see what happens. I, I would, I would love it if he came here. We'll see. So I'm going to go and I'm going to ask you and then I'm going to tell you, well, first of all, let me ask you a question. Do you know the difference when I say something like this? There's a college quarterback that is the most NFL ready versus he's going to be the best NFL quarterback. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference in that statement, right? Yeah, that's why people... Have like Caleb Williams, for example, number one, because he has the most potential. Exactly. He has mm-hmm. the upside. Yeah, I have, I have exactly someone I have that's NFL ready. Go ahead. I, Michael Penix from Washington. I think he's the most NFL ready of anybody in the draft. And nobody's really talking about him that much. I, When I watch Michael Penix, out of all the players, he has the best footwork in the pocket of anybody and can move around and create holes and openings. And... He, he throws his receivers open. He doesn't just throw the route. He'll throw the receiver open. He'll throw it on like their back shoulder, their backside, to throw away from the defender to get the receiver open and clear from the defender. And I, I, you know, that's something I really like about Michael Penix from Washington. And he's playing He's playing in the, uh, the rank number two. Who are they playing against in the playoffs? Texas. Texas, yeah, against Quinn Edwards. So that will be a good game to watch. That's another really good quarterback, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, yeah, but I, I like Penix, so keep an eye out on him in that playoff game. I spoke of him a couple of shows ago. I I compared him to Tua. Yeah, yeah, Tua kind of throws his guys open, Tyreek Hill, and yeah, he Tua's good in the pocket. I can yeah, I see a good Tua comparison. It's it's hard because he's a lefty, but I mean he does. He throws with anticipation. Yeah, yeah. he throws the ball to a spot before the guy's at the spot. Yeah, yeah, and I said, yeah, I said two was almost like a Drew Brees as a lefty, and that's kind of what I think about, yeah, Penix, and he's mixed with Tua, Drew Brees type. He's, I like him. I'm going to tell you, I, I I, think teams, I think GMs are going to have a little bit of a question mark or they're going to bump him down on their 
QB rankings because he's, he has two ACL injuries mm-hmm. and I think a shoulder injury as well. Yeah, so there's a little bit of an him. injury concern with him. Yep. And it doesn't mean he won't turn out to be great, but there is a concern. So with two games left, Braden, I think Washington is at least, well, first of all, do you think Washington is going to beat the 49ers or the Cowboys? No. So we're going to have, at the minimum, the third pick. Yep. So Could move up. Or how about this? We could also trade up. Because when mm-hmm. we traded Chase Young and we traded Montez Sweat, we gained mm-hmm. some more draft capital to be able to make a move. If we really wanted to, we could move up. And that probably mean we're taking Caleb Williams or something. And everybody likes Caleb Williams. And I yeah. see why. Because the backyard football stuff looks great mm-hmm. on film. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm just I'm not a fan of him, I'm being honest with you. I'm just not. I I look at Caleb Williams and I think how can it's so hard to say like this guy's not going to be great, but if you actually watch football, you're like, dude, this if you know NFL in college, NFL doesn't play like that. Like this guy's just out here scrambling everywhere and holding the ball for probably an average of 5 seconds of play. The NFL you you have 3 seconds if you have a good offensive line. It doesn't work like that and it's it's just hard to look at Zach Wilson. He reminds me of Zach Wilson in college. He people want to comp- compare him to Mahomes because he's going to be number one pick, but Zach Wilson was the same exact way. Good arm, runs around, but the guy took you know he's just not good in the pocket. I'm on record as saying he's got a lot of potential. Very athletic. Seems to have a strong arm. But he needs to be with the right coach. Absolutely. He need yeah. You you cannot bring him in here, let's say Washington can get him, and you not have either a Ben Johnson mm-hmm. or Harbaugh or some some young mind offense. It, it it's you can't bring him in here if if you're gonna go with a defensive minded coach. Exactly. Yeah, he can't just you can't have him just call regular plays and sit in the pocket all day. You gotta have him designed moving around. He's he has to be he has to learn to play NFL football because right he he he's got to be taught to process a little bit faster. Like you said, he's gonna struggle with it probably coming in. So his first year, you know, right, it could be a struggle, right? With all that being said, he he, he will probably be the number one pick just because mm. of the hype. Yep. And everybody's been talking about. Three quarterbacks, right? Uh, Drake May. Yep. And I, I feel like the third one's like whatever you like. Well, no, everybody's been saying Daniels, right? Yeah, like, I guess. I, I, that's the only name I've seen. And actually, I'm seeing that name go up. Yeah, and I actually... I'm saying him go ahead. They're saying number two. And I don't know if they mean Caleb's falling or mm-hmm. if they mean Drake's falling because I haven't really gotten that far, like... Who's falling then? If he's going second, yeah. Honestly, if I'm if I'm at Washington, I really I really like Jaden Daniels too. I like he reminds me of almost like a Lamar in a way. He has a beautiful deep ball. He has a he's great. He stays in the pocket. And he's great at scrambling and evading guys, but he doesn't look to run, which is what I like. I like about him the most. So I like you know, I like Jaden Daniels. I have him. I would take him if Caleb Williams is there. I'm taking Jaden Daniels. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, and I'm. That's why I'm not the GM of Washington. That's that's, it, and everybody would rip me. But that well, that's what I'm saying, Braden. So it's easy to go with the flow, right? It's easy for us to sit on here, or it's easy for anybody to sit on ESPN, or it's easy to go on Fox Sports, or it's easy for anybody to do a podcast or or a, a radio show, and it's easy to say, well, Drake May and Caleb Williams. And then the GMs, right, they also have to think, if I don't go with one of these two guys and the guy that I go with turns out to not be the guy, then I'm going to look bad and get fired. Mm -hmm. So it's always easier to go with the guy that everybody else is saying is the person. So then everybody's wrong, right? Nobody will call you out because we're all wrong. The thing I like about Jaden Daniels is, he played a full four years in college, so he has plenty of experience. We took Dwayne Haskins that one year in the first round, and he only played one year. Daniels, 
he played four years. Every single season, his completion percentage went up, his touchdowns and his interceptions dropped. So every year he's improved, and now he just won the Heisman. And he looks, I think he looks good. Always keeping it 100, Braden. The guy who I like, but he's not going to get drafted ahead of these guys because people aren't going to go against the grain. But this name could start to rise up quickly, and I haven't really heard anything about him too much. I mean, he's in the top five, right, as far as quarterbacks go, but... He's not in that top three. He's not getting the buzz. But this is a name that could get a buzz. I'm going to give you a little note here of some things that, once again, I did a little research. How about that? Okay. Top five. This. Not in the buzz. This quarterback is the most NFL ready quarterback right now. That does not mean he's going to be the best NFL quarterback. The most NFL ready quarterback right now, Braden, coming out in this draft is J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody on ESPN would say that. I wouldn't agree with that either. I, I mean, I, I definitely don't see Washington taking JJ at number three. They, they won't. They, they could. Won't. What they could do, if 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 that was the case, though, they could take Marvin Harrison at three, possibly JJ in the second round. I don't think JJ McCarthy makes it to the second round. I think this name people are sleeping on. I don't think he's that great. I think people in the NFL know. I think the GMs know. I think this name is going to rot. And don't let Michigan win the national championship. Don't let Michigan go out here and beat Alabama. I don't uh, He J.J. McCarthy kind of reminds me of Bryce Young, and I didn't think Bryce Young was that great. I was going to ask you why why you don't like him. Right? Yeah, you you he, like these other guys. Why don't you like him? He just reminds me. I don't. I didn't. He's he's a small dude. I don't think he just reminds me of Bryce Young. He doesn't really have the best arm strength. He may have good arm talent, like placement and stuff, but he's small. I I just don't see an NFL. I see an NFL backup. I see a Colt McCoy kind of guy. Colt McCoy won a national championship. Hmm. I think. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, look here. At, NFL ready, dude. Michael Penix is easily the most NFL ready. Everybody listening to this podcast, Braden, probably for the first time ever is agreeing with you and not me. I would hope so. But I'm going to change some minds right now. J.J. McCarthy is the most NFL ready quarterback right now. Why, you ask? He is 20 years old, Braden. He's one of the youngest quarterbacks in this draft. That's scary. He was a five-star high school recruit. He's been playing quarterback his whole life. He didn't just all of a sudden start and come out of nowhere. This kid is a five-star quarterback in high school. He's not small. He's six foot three, Braden. He doesn't play for some whack ass college no, in the middle he is of nowhere. Not six foot three. Well, that's what the freaking uh his bio says uh, I don't he looks like Bryce he, no he's not six three. Look it up. I'm telling you right now, it says he's six foot three. Hey, are they lying? I don't know. His bio says he's six three. He plays at Michigan. Michigan is a big ten school. It's not a little program. Michigan plays Ohio State. Michigan plays Penn State. Michigan plays top top. Schools. It's like going to an SEC school. He's not playing. Hold on, hold on. The game he played Penn State in the second half, he only threw one pass. He had a bad ankle, one. And two, <laughs> he's bad. He's coached by Jim yeah. Harbaugh. But he did say in the interview something about the, the, the all that matters is winning the game. So that's a good mentality. That's what well, I'm getting ready to get to the number one thing. How many times have I sat on here and I said, 
sports. It's eighty percent mental, twenty percent physical. Braden. Mm-hmm. Before I even, wait, let me get back to the Michigan rant real quick. So, you know, like this is this is a a school that you, it, it's with an Alabama with the Texas. Like this is not a little program. So. I don't understand why people aren't talking about this more. As a starter, he is 22-1. and one. Wins matter. To me, it doesn't matter if you're throwing 6,000 yards a game and 110 million touchdowns a game. You can do all that, but if you lose, to me, you're still just a loser. Yeah. He wins. 22-1. and one. That's a nine-point... I'm sorry. That's a point nine. Five seven winning percentage. That's the highest winning percentage of any quarterback in the last ten seasons, with a minimum of twenty starts. Let me repeat that again. He is the highest rated winning by percentage quarterback in the last ten seasons, minimum of twenty starts. All he does is win, Braden. He's coached by a former NFL coach. He's coached by a former NFL quarterback. You got a kid who has size. You got a kid who has arm strength. You got a kid who was a five-star recruit. All he does is win, and he's being coached how to play quarterback in the NFL. You just sat right here, and you just said Caleb Williams needs to be coached because he does the backyard football. That's the Lincoln Riley. That looks great in college. Ask Baker Mayfield. Ask Spencer Rattler how that works. That style doesn't work. But you know what works? Harbaugh played, and he's coaching this kid to be an NFL quarterback. He's going to be able to transition faster than anybody else. Does that mean he's going to be the best? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, his style, he's being coached by a former quarterback in the NFL and coach in the NFL who is coaching him to play the NFL style. It will mm. transition easiest. Yeah, when I see JJ McCarr, I see when I see him, I see a like, you know, you talk about his winning record and I see a Bryce Young, I see a, a Colt McCoy, I see an AJ McCarron, somebody that's been Mac Jones, somebody that's been on good team, great O line. I mean Michigan is outstanding, and I just don't. I mean, look, I see. I just named all those players, and I think that's what he's going to turn up as. But I think on the his uh, his potential side would be like a Jalen Hurts, like that underdog, shorter guy, tinier guy. He can scramble, you know, NFL ish ready. But yeah, I'm not big on him. I'm not. I'm not a McCarthy fan. You talked about mentality, Braden. What if I told you he studies? He's a different kind of cat. He studies Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, the MABA mentality. His high school teammates are on record as saying, like, they want to listen to music. They're high school kids, you know what I mean? And this guy, he just wants to listen to motivational speakers. That's all he wants to do. His brain is just, how can I get better? He believes in that, how the MABA mentality, Kobe said he would take 100 free throw shots every day, 100. He wants to throw the football a hundred times, but he realized that hurts your arm. But he just, he constantly wants to work. He never stops. He just wants to throw and throw, and he wants to keep going over stuff. He has that it factor. Those great ones, they obsess with their sport. Michael, there was no passing it to anybody else, and he didn't care that you knew There wasn't, I got to be the smartest guy in the room. It's give me the ball because nobody can stop me. Kobe Bryant, nobody could stop him. Give me the ball. I want it. The great ones, that Mamba mentality, that alpha mentality, they want the ball. Floyd Mayweather, he gets up at 3, 4 in the morning. He's out there jogging 10 miles and boxing before we even get up. There's something sick with these guys. They have a sickness. They They obsess. And this is what this kid apparently does. All he wants to do is just football, 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 throw, different throws. Just he, he, he can't get enough of it. I like that mentality, Braden. That says something to me. And then I can sit here and tell you all that I want to tell you, and you can disagree with me. 
There's an Alabama player. He's a defensive back by the name of Arnold, and he is on record of saying he's Joe Burrow, speaking of J.J. McCarthy. He said, when you play against somebody, you got to give them credit. And he's a really good athlete. It surprises me how much he really runs around. You don't realize how athletic he is until you start watching the film and how much he runs and how much when he's running around, he's always keeping his eyes down the field looking to make a pass. He doesn't just start to run to run. He always wants to pass the ball downfield. This name is going to go up the boards. I don't see him making the second round. So I I am not against your idea if Marvin Harrison Jr. is there at three. We take him, and then we maybe get back up somehow. We trade back up into the middle of the first round and get a kid like this. This guy, to me, I can work with this. Okay. I mean, you try to sell me pretty hard on him. If he turns out to be that great dude, I hope we get Marvin Harrison in him. But, look, I'm just, by my eye, talent evaluation, I don't really like him. I like I like having a Penix. I like Drake May. I like, I like uh, Jaden Daniels at number three. All right. I like him. There's something about him. When I watched his footwork, I believe throwing starts with the feet. Mm-hmm. His, his, his footwork is good. He's always ready to throw with his, his base is always wide, ready to throw bounces. His mechanics are great. It's a quick release. It's a tight spiral. That's big when you play up there in Michigan. It's cold. Washington gets a little bit cold during the winter months, right? You got to be able to throw that tight spiral. That's why Kirk Cousins was pretty good passing here. I don't know. Something about him I really like, but half the people won't. Maybe maybe I convinced some of you to give this guy a look. Me, he might be my third quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, We'll see what happens here. Would you take him at three, though? Once again, when you're a GM. Well, yeah, you're the GM yeah. right now. You taking him or no? Because <laughs> you know everybody, Mel Kuyper's going to be giving you crap. No, I'm trying to do what I said. I'm taking somebody ranked higher, and then I'm trying to trade yeah. back up and get him in the first or whatever I got to do to get him. I'm trying to yeah. get him somewhere, but not at three. Or I, or I want to trade back and pick him up. Yeah, that's, that's what I'll probably And do. get more picks. But I'm not taking him at three, but I would take him. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, real quick, then. This week, we have the 49ers coming in here, and the 49ers just got beat by the uh, Ravens. That means they're going to kill us. I have a Washington team that has nothing to play for. They don't even know what the hell they're doing at quarterback. I feel bad for whoever plays, honestly. They're just going to get hit. Sore the next day. Right? Sam might be thinking, you know what? <laughs> yep. Let Jacoby have this one. He can have it, man. And Jacoby's probably thinking the same thing. And the 49ers are they're just looking they're they're a team that's hungry and wanting to win a Super Bowl and kill us. One of two things are going to happen. Yeah, 49ers are going to avenge that loss, or the 49ers got exposed by the Ravens and we'll do the same game plan and somehow no. we'll compete with them. Ron Rivera, Eric Bianami don't change their game plan. Nope. <laughs> Ding, 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 ding. I give you credit. That's a good one. I think, yeah, you're right on. Remember Tommy DeVito? He beat yeah. us. Well, Tommy DeVito, right, whatever. Tyrod Taylor. All right. What do you got then? I got um, I got Washington scoring nine points, all field goals this game. I don't have any touchdowns by Washington. And I have the 49ers getting 31, 31-9. I, I have it pretty close to that. I, I think it's 33 13 something like that like it's not really close I right it's, i don't i don't think washington's getting a touchdown yeah we'll see what happens i think we get in scoring range but we're just going to end up with field goals and trustway is going to have a lot of puns hopefully they he doesn't get hit well lastly Braden, we're in the holiday season i hope that everybody is enjoying their holidays Whatever it is your holiday is, may you enjoy it. I had a great Christmas. You had a good Christmas. Hopefully everyone else had a good whatever holiday it is you enjoy. And New Year's is is our next one, right? It's coming up. So I hope everybody has a great New Year's. Yep. Hopefully your celebration for New Year's is great. Hopefully you don't get too upset if Washington loses this game on New Year's. 
Hopefully you have a good New Year's resolution. Yeah, hopefully. Right. Nice resolution. Everybody's going to go to the gym. The gym will be crowded next week. Yep, that's my week off. So, may everybody have a great holiday season. Have a great New Year. I don't have anything else, Braden. Do you have anything else? Michael Penix for Washington. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, once again, I started this show off saying thank you. I joke around a lot, but thank you for everybody who does tune in. And we are growing this thing, so thank you. This has been Commanders Uncensored. So long, farewell, our readers saying goodnight. I hate to go and leave this pretty sight.